0: Alrighty everybody and welcome back to the second part of the Locked On Pirates and Locked On Phillies crossover here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am of course your host of Locked On Pirates, Ethan Smith. That over there, if I could point correctly, I can't point correctly, uh, you know, my fingers all over the place. Just like the CBA is Mr. Dan Wilson of the Locked On Phillies podcast. If you checked out part one, we talked about a bunch of fun stuff. This is part two of the podcast. Um, depending on, I'm not going to say a day because they might drop on different days, but... Thank you all for making us your first listen of the day here at Locked On Pirates and Locked On Phillies. You can listen to Locked On Pirates on YouTube. You can listen to both podcasts on Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find your major podcasts. You can find these podcasts there. Of course, Dan, we already were talking about a bunch of stuff. As you can see, most of the domain is still the same, so we don't really need to introduce ourselves again, Um, but Dan is doing great, I assume, and As we were talking about beforehand uh, in the first part, we weren't really talking about a lot of the free agents that are going to be impending in baseball. But I'll pose a question to you, sir. Are big free agents good for baseball? So is it like, of course, being an advocate, well, not an advocate, being a reaper of getting a good free agent on your team through that uh, system of free agency, are big free agents good for baseball? Does it make the baseball offseason more entertaining? Does it make it more fun? So I would say from a fan's perspective, it probably depends
1: whether your team's actually in on that guy or not. Like I was willing, again, when we talked about this in the last episode, when the Phillies were waiting out Bryce Harper, I was willing to wait out till the end of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Amir Machado, you don't really have a time clock. You're like, all right. You know, if Harper wants to take his sweet old time, if Scott Boris wants to take his sweet old time, if take all the time you need, as long as you ultimately end up in red Phillies, pinstripes, That's okay with me. Now, from an outsider's perspective, the way that free agency is done in baseball doesn't always lend itself to being something positive for the sport. You know, the top guy only really had interest at the very end from the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Giants, which means 27 out of 30 fan bases were kind of like, let's just get this over with already. I just want to know where he's playing. If you're Mm a better, you want to know where he's playing. Is that affects World Series odds? You want to know... or wins over-unders or whatever the case might be. You want to know where he is just as a general fan of the sport. Mm -hmm. Maybe you might be betting on where he might end up. But I think ultimately they are. I just think it would be better. And I don't know how you really change this. Like we were talking about how the NFL and the NBA have a salary cap. So you kind of know how much a big-time free agent is going to get. There's not this painstaking negotiation where every little line of a contract Mm -hmm. needs to be sorted out and it's going to take a 100 days whatever i mean there there was a documentary that aired on nbc sports philadelphia the regional sports network that carries all the phillies games here in philly called signing bryce or signing harper rather that would air all the time during rain delays you know off hours whatever the case might be it felt like forever Every now, every now and again you'll still catch it but that season like everyone saw that thing 10 times you really got to look into All right, Scott Boris was in no particular hurry. Bryce Harper was in no particular hurry. He kind of dictated what kind of contract would sign him. Again, 13 years, $300 million. He wanted a deal that would put him on one team for the rest of time. Now, some guys want a shorter deal, whatever the case might be. Some teams might have to go in the luxury tax to sign a guy like that. But there was no... The only reason he got 330 million is because no one was offering 13 years for 340 million. Like it, it's got to end somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's good when baseball is being discussed. I don't think it's necessarily like the, you know the old saying: "There's no such thing as bad publicity." Like any discussion is good discussion. the The last thing you want is no free agents, no <laughs> offseason discussion, which unfortunately might might be what we're headed for in a lockout because when you're in a lockout. There's no like, well, this team might sign today or this team's in talks with this team. You're just at a standstill. And that's bad for baseball. In terms of the long haul of waiting out these big time free agents and getting it to the end, you know, Bryce Harper was talked about every single day. People might us gotten sick of it, but it at least tells you that people are still interested on where he ends up. I think it would be way more fun if similar to the NFL or the NBA guys were signing left and right in the first few days contracts are already pre-made up and again we might see something a little bit closer to that in this lockout shortened offseason but in terms of do i think it's overall like if is it overall a net positive or a net negative i would still say it's a net positive because if you didn't have those big free agents and no one was talking about baseball in the offseason how is that better than the alternative
0: yeah exactly it's, just,
1: it, it, it's a system that needs to be they could perhaps be refined and improved to compete with other sports, but I don't think it's worse that like if the if the two options are big free agents or not. Give me the big free agents.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, from a pirate standpoint, tell me why I'm supposed to care. <laughs> like to I mean I love seeing big free agents because I like seeing like okay where's this guy gonna go even if it is the Yankees or the Dodgers or like whoever it changes a lot of what goes on like Bryce Harper going to the Phillies that was a immediate like jerk like jerk back change like that was like oh crap Bryce Harper just went to the Phillies like he didn't go to the Dodgers or the Yankees or something that was a like knee yeah, and Philly's a big market
1: for the record, but you're right. It's not the, the Red Sox or the Yankees yeah. or the Dodgers. Like, this, one of these teams with a tradition like that, he went to the Philadelphia Phillies. You're right.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's the thing with me is it's like, okay, being a Pirates fan, notoriously, and, of course, you have brought up documentaries, notoriously this team is not known to spend money. You look at the Bonds documentary that came out on Sunday. It was a big reason of why he left Pittsburgh is because – One, they weren't going to pay him the money. They threw the money to Van Slyke. Two, his entire freaking family lineage played for the San Francisco Giants, so he was out the door anyway after 92. Um, But seeing big free agents across any sport is a good thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers next year is basically a free agent in the NFL, even though he's going to be a trade piece, I believe. He's going to be a free agent, basically, and there's going to be multiple teams trying to go after a top five quarterback in the National Football League. What's more fun, seeing Aaron Rodgers do that or seeing Jameis Winston be a free agent and ask for $25 million a year? Kind of that's where it's at. Would you rather see Kevin Newman be the top shortstop on the market, Pirates fans, or Corey Seager, Javier Baez, you know, Trevor Story, all these guys that are all going to be fending for it? And the even funner part of this, too, with the big free agents is there's already a report from John Heyman that the Yankees are literally talking to the top five shortstop guys already they're talking to all five of them not just two or three they're like we're getting one of you we're just figuring out which one of you pounces first on the offer that we give you that's what i feel like the yankees are doing is they're just saying we're going to offer you this amount of money you accept it or don't we move on to the next guy that's pretty much where it is and i do have a bold free agent prediction by the way and it's kind of weird because it's a weird team to say this about I am thinking that one of these guys is going to end up being a Detroit Tiger for some reason. One of the shortstops, you mean? Yes, one of the shortstops. Okay. Yeah. Because there's just been so much buzz about this Tigers team lately that I've seen every early prediction say they're going to be 88 and 74 and make the wild card and all this other stuff because their team is finally coming together. And I could see a shortstop going there. And also, don't be surprised if one of these guys goes to Boston or like one of those teams either. I know they're not going to play the shortstop position once they get there because Xander is going to have that spot locked up. But don't be surprised if these guys just chase the money and go to big markets. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But the one guy in another free agent prediction that I can make right now, Correa needs to stay in Houston. He is Houston. That guy is like one of the biggest reasons why the Astros have been so good. I don't think he's going to be as good if he leaves that place. He needs to stay in Houston. That's kind of my stuff about the big free agents, though, is it's like I enjoy seeing it, but the Pirates are never involved, so I'm an outside voice, unbiased voice, because the Pirates, as far as I'm concerned, is Bob Nutting is alive, will never be in on any of these big free agents.
1: Really quick before we get to our first break here, is that one thing you mentioned is kind of interesting. You know, you're predicting one of these guys will land with the Tigers. We're probably going to see a non-traditional team land one of these shortstop be- shortstops because there are – what five of them and Mm -hmm. because there's five of them and no like with the Harper Machado offseason there was theoretically a threat that like the Yankees could sign both of them now I I never really believed that would happen but signing Manny Machado doesn't necessarily preclude you from signing Bryce Harper if you're willing to open up the checkbook Mm -hmm. signing one of these big time shortstops like they need five different homes and they might just return to where they've been playing but you're absolutely right. Like the first few guys are going to go off the board and someone somewhere, a smaller market team or a less traditional team, such as the tigers, maybe that's where they strike. And they say, all right, we have, we're going to go all in on one of these guys, because the fact that there are five of them and five, you know, teams bidding on all five at once certainly helps a team like that. than if mm-hmm. there was only one of these guys, you know, if Corey Seager was the only one out there. They have all 30 teams bidding. That's where you ch- generally see the rich get richer.
0: Yeah, and exactly, and I agree 100%. And as you did mention, we are going to head to break real quick and let you know that today's episode, of course, is brought to you by the wonderful people over there at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, of course, is the best-tasting protein bar on the entire market. You can't go wrong with it. If you ever want a snack or anything in between lunch and dinner, Built Bar is the way to go. They have nine unique flavors, ranging from German chocolate, cherry barcia, um, cookies and cream, basically anything you can think of, Built bar has it. Built Bar, of course, they are also phenomenal for you. They have 3 to 5 grams of net carbs and net sugar, 130 to 180 calories. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises and new surprises all month with limited time flavors arriving at BuiltBar.com regularly. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Make sure you use that promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com for the best protein bars on the market. So talking free agents, of course, you kind of have to go with the two teams that we cover here. Uh, The biggest needs for the Pirates and the Phillies, of course, my Locked on Pirates fam already knows. Most of mine, I will outlay them to you after you go ahead and let some of our listeners and your own listeners kind of figure out what the Phillies are looking at for this entire offseason.
1: Yeah, so really quickly before we get into that, do have to let the listeners know to thank you for making Locked on Phillies and or Pirates your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And you mentioning Thanksgiving, by the way, we're two weeks away as we record
0: this, right? Very, very shocking, by the way, that we're two weeks away from Thanksgiving. That we're were two
1: weeks away. So really quick before we get into more off-season discussion, because I got to break it up here a little bit. Are you – here's a take I arrived at the other day. I think everyone – it seems like everyone either loves Thanksgiving or hates it. Like it's either your favorite holiday, or your least favorite. I don't think anyone's like in the middle about Thanksgiving. A, would you agree? And B, what side do you fall on?
0: I fall on the side of you better not have a Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving starts. Um, so, I mean, like Thanksgiving for me, because most of my family is still in Pittsburgh. Sometimes it's a big event. Sometimes it's a small event. But I also enjoy the everything that comes with Thanksgiving. I meant meant more so the food,
1: you know, whatever your custom is, like the food, in my opinion, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the traditions around it, you're right, it's a holiday that it doesn't have the artificial or superficial decorations, holiday music that annoys everybody way too long, beginning from early November. You're absolutely right. I don't think the holiday season should start until the end of Thanksgiving, but
0: I'm also Uh Jewish,
1: so maybe I shouldn't be the one really weighing in on this. Um, But uh, in terms of like a Hallmark Christmas, I feel like I can criticize that. Uh, But I'm big on Thanksgiving. I think the food is great. I think the – depending on the traditions are great. I think you get a full day of football. Like I don't understand why people are against it. And very recently, I think everyone just needs to have a take these days. People started becoming anti-Thanks – like started the war on Thanksgiving a few years ago online and stuff like that. So now I am fighting the war on the war on Thanksgiving. Like, I I am the opposing force fighting that war. So I really like it. Can't believe we're this close. Uh, And in terms of things, you know, I'd like to be thankful for this offseason. I'd like to be thankful for them perhaps getting a big-time reliever. Hell of a segue there. Big-time reliever, back end of the bullpen guy, perhaps multiple back end of the bullpen guys. Number of names, whether it's free agency or trade, have been looming, I will say, Uh whether it's Josh Hader. Craig Kimbrell, Kenley Jansen, they need that. They need, they need a shortstop, not as badly because it does seem like they have high hopes as do I for Bryson Stott to take over that role. They definitely need a center fielder and a left fielder, preferably Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one of those guys prototypically a center fielder, a guy who can lead off. So, you know, if it's my holiday shopping list, so to speak, I think I want a reliever. I want, a center fielder and I want a left fielder probably in that order. I actually don't feel it's always nice to have pitching depth. I think this team lacks pitching depth. Mm-hmm. I think you saw that throwing a bullpen game down the stretch consistently.
0: Um, oh Lord. I remember talking about that culture. with you, man.
1: Yeah. So I could, we could use some pitching depth, but I think they actually have a pretty solid rotation. You, you'd expect Aaron Nola to not be as bad as he was Zach wheelers an, a Cy Young finalist. I like Zach Eflin. And the back end is Ranger Suarez. I mean, Ranger Suarez finished the season as your number two starter. I said if they'd gotten themselves into a playoff series, like he would be game two starter of the NLDS. You figure he regresses, but he was really, really solid in all pitching roles in the year 2021. And then Kyle Gibson, who's like finishes out your rotation. Like I think that's a rotation that could use some upgrades, certainly, but I think it'll play much more than the Phillies' current bullpen and the current outfield minus Bryce Harper.
0: Oh well, yeah, of course, and I mean, I couldn't really disagree with a lot of the stuff you said, because, I mean, the Pirates are kind of looking at some of the same stuff as well. Um, they're looking for a corner outfielder. Of course, Ben Gamble came over from the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, it has looked very well. Um, Brian Reynolds is Brian Reynolds, who we talked about in part one. We already know what he is, and outside of that, though, you kind of moved on from Andrew McCutcheon now. Of course, he's not there anymore, so it makes it kind of tough, as well as the fact that you need you just need to get a corner outfielder before some of these young guys come up and that's what i've said about the pirates and kind of feels like the phillies are in the same boat except center field so it kind of shifts their focus over a little bit but i've learned something about outfielders after watching the pirates play a lot this season Is outfielders can play any of the three spots if you're a good outfielder defensively you could play any of the three spots and have no problem with it um as far well, as other needs just, just for reference, look, I loved Andrew McCutcheon in the clubhouse, but he finished the season
1: playing left field, not being able to defensively play any of them. So, you know, anything would be an upgrade younger days, you know. Would love to see that.
0: We're still trying to get Andrew to come back over here, anyways. Uh, we're not gonna do that. that. Well, yeah, because <clears throat> we're not gonna get into that too much because I mean it'll start a whole lot. we'll have a part three of this podcast if I get into that. Um, anyways, uh backup catcher was another one for me. Michael Perez just isn't it for me. He's just not very good at all. Um, and Jacob Stallings, of course, wins a gold glove, doing a lot of good things. He's up for the platinum gold glove, which I think is very cool. Um, his back could always be a little bit better, but, I mean, oh, well, he's the best defensive catcher in all of baseball, arguably the best defender in all of baseball. Uh, he led defensive runs saved all year. But you still need a guy behind him because the guy is 32. He can't do this every single day of his career forever. That's just how it is. Um, but also uh, starting pitching and relief pitching is going to be like the biggest thing for me. And Ben Sherrington has already said he wants to attack that part of free agency very heavily just because, I mean, you have guys, like you mentioned Richard Rodriguez in our past episode. Uh, we got Bryce Wilson from the Atlanta Braves. He's looked very good. Mitch Keller is an enigma to all of baseball and I can't ever figure him out. Um, Miguel Yahure, Roenzi Contreras, Max Cranick, Chase DeYoung, all these young guys, right? But, Tyler Anderson was so valuable and you remember Tyler Anderson, Dan, because we almost traded them to you and then it didn't happen. Um, The trade That wasn't,
1: he had a trade that wasn't than this podcast.
0: Yes. And I remember he actually did very well in Seattle too, which kind of was unfortunate because me and you were ready to make it happen. Um, But Tyler Anderson was very valuable to this team because he was able to go out there, give you five or six good innings and say, okay, cool. This is what you're getting for me. And I could teach these guys to give that to you in the future. And I think there's a lot of guys that are available for the Pirates that could make that work. And that's one of the biggest things I think they need to look at is don't bring these guys in on one-year deals and then immediately offload them. Bring them in on a two-year deal. Let them pitch all year in 2022. Get some consistently good outings so you're not doing the bullpen game thing like you mentioned because the Pirates are doing it a lot too. Don't kill your bullpen by the time it's June or July to the point where you're already like scrambling to try to figure out who you're going to throw out there and bringing in two, maybe even three veteran pitchers could be the biggest part of that. And I think that the pirates and the Phillies too, looking at what they could use, I think that would be a very valuable asset and a very valuable thing for both of them to bring in.
1: really quickly before we go to our second break here, I have to ask, because you know, we've talked a lot about should the pirates trade Brian Reynolds? Should they not? Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of timeline, like what what is a realistic timeline in your mind's eye for when the Pirates could actually contend again?
0: So I've been asked this a plenty of times, and usually my answer is 2023 is like next year, you're going to see some of the guys come up like O'Neill, Cruz, Roenzi, Contreras, Swaggerty, Kanan Smith, and Jigbo. You're going to see some of those smaller guys come up, right? 2023 midseason, not right at the beginning, but midseason is when you're going to start seeing – the Nick Gonzalez's, the Leo Verpigueros, the Quinn Priesters, the Carmen Majinskis, the top level of your system start coming up. And the thing that I loved about what the Pirates did in this draft is 2023, I'm not saying they're going to compete for a World Series in 2023. I'm saying look baseline, like 82 and 80, 80 and 82, 79 and 83, around that area. 2024, I think, is the cutoff because by then Ben Charrington would have four years to figure this out. I think that's kind of the cutoff. And by then, you would still have Brian Reynolds under team control for two more years. You'd have him for 24 and 25. By that time, Nick Gonzalez, Piguero, all those top prospects should already be up. You should know what you're working with. The thing that I like, though, about what they did with the draft and their bonus pool having the number one pick is the Henry Davises and the Anthony Solamedos and the Lonnie White Juniors are all going to come in and help you stay consistent, kind of like what the Rays have done in Tampa Bay where they just continuously draft well and create levels. As Meek Mill once said, Philly guy, I believe Meek Mill is a Philly guy. There's levels, Philly guy, yeah. Yeah, there's levels to this, and I think 2024 – is my safe pick to say that this team can start winning. 2023 is my kind of if things go exactly as planned, this is what you can expect.
1: That makes total sense. I I, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So it's a few years down the line. Will guys like Brian Reynolds be part of that team? Who's to say? You figure you sell high, you get younger talent. You know? I know you like them. I know.
0: Yeah, I do. And um, as you said, we are moving into another break. Um, And, of course, if you watch part one, you already know that we're going to be talking about our wonderful friends over here at betonline.ag. As I mentioned in the last um, episode with Mr. Dan, don't ever listen to me on any betting advice at all. I have won some bets before, but the Carolina Panthers have burned me twice in all-day parlays on the NFL as Dan kind of looks at me and is like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, But we're backing better than ever. A new web inter- uh, web interface for the start of the basketball season is here, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before are all here with all kind of different sports going on. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball, hockey, and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means you can uh, put in $100. They'll give you $50 of free money if you use that promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, which is now gone, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, while me and Dan were recording, we both found this interesting thing about arbitration uh, that could be proposed. And arbitration is one of the biggest things that's going on in the CBA talks right now because players want to get paid earlier. Arbitration, of course, is about a five- to six-year process. If you didn't know, it's a very messed-up process because a lot of players go through it and they're much better. I think you're going to see this with Wander Franco in Tampa Bay. It's going to be one of those things where they just have to save the money because they don't have it, and they're not going to want to trade him because he's a generational talent. And that's really where arbitration gets in the way. Now, of course – The question at the bottom of the screen, if you're on YouTube, do you like wins above replacement-based arbitration? Now, this is interesting because wins above replacement is a very interesting kind of thing to cover because, first of all, wins above replacement is not the only stat that says a player is good. There's plenty of players across baseball that have a positive wins above replacement that are not very good players. I can – can't name them but I'm sure if I searched baseball reference for about an hour and a half I could probably give you at least 20 who have a positive WAR that probably batted 220 this year it just happens but with WAR based arbitration how kind of how would this work you think Dan how would it work in terms of say Wander Franco has a 3.0 WAR or a 1.5 WAR when does it determine that he's like a free agent or ready to get that big payday that he should really get from tampa bay or other top prospects that could be the same way yeah i don't know how they would specify or
1: decide when guys would become eligible or not for a bigger payday but i mean it would be kind of funny if from an entertainment standpoint i'm not actually advocating for the system i think war is a little no pun intended arbitrary i think if it was a perfect stat it would be the i mean if it was a perfect stat it would be the only stat anyone should care about, right? Like yes. How many wins are you going to add to a team? So in terms of, I mean, I, li- I like looking at war in corporation or in the context of how else a player played. I'm not on board for war to start dictating how much players make. Um, but it would be quite funny. I think from an entertainment value perspective, seeing players get annoyed. There's, I don't think the players union would go for it, but it would,
0: no, they would not. I don't think it, it would have be at all.
1: It would be funny to see players get annoyed with the war system and be like, you know, because players oftentimes, certain players have different perspectives and points of view on analytics. And you're taking like a very progressive stat to determine how much they're making now. Uh, they're, they would be declaring, once again, no pun intended, war on the whole system
0: yeah and i mean i guess a way that i could think of it in a certain light of if it would actually work or not is i guess you could take it'd be kind of a year by year thing but you would look and calculate the average war of, across all of baseball this is something i believe the nba does uh when they consider contract extensions is were you above the mean of like amount of points amount of this amount of that efficiency i guess they could do it like that or they could say say like two po- or like Point or 2.1 was like the set, or you have to be like 75 percentile, 75th percentile. it like, okay.
1: like, are they going to be like tax brackets or is it just going to be like a multiplier? Like I, I would be interested to see, I'll admit I didn't read through the full proposal. And if this actually came to fruition, I'd guess that there are going, there's going to be no negotiation and changes with it anyway, but it would be kind of funny. Like a multi, like, you know, your war times, whatever equals your pay rate or, there'd be a cutoff like if your war is between zero and one you get this so the guy who has a 0.99 war is the same as the guy who has zero and everyone's just targeting to get that one war so to speak and then okay so here's here's really the problem right because you can get a negative war like you can pull mm-hmm. your your war can fluctuate right if the guy got to a certain war would you oh, then God. like w- would he not want to play because it's gonna like you're risking it I mean that's like paying guys based on an average statistic, like your OPS, your batting average, or something like that. You guy to gets to a three hundred average, and suddenly he's got a you know a, a shoulder injury that he can't play the rest of the year.
0: We've gone down a rabbit hole here on the uh, locked on crossover between the Phillies and the Pirates on if a player would stop playing based on his war to get more money. Um,
1: it's the all sad part the is,
0: I, I sadly don't disagree with you. That's the that's the part that I'm I mean, very. I'm kind of joking
1: around, but it's something funny to think about.
0: I mean, because no offense, I mean, you look at a guy who, um, what was it like Tatis this year was hurt. So would you take into account that his war across ninety or hundred and ten games would be what his war would have been if he would have played in the other fifty? Well, that's the like, other thing. So, so, so thing guys too. are going to get
1: hurt, like. Styling it back to a little bit of seriousness now if a guy gets hurt and he doesn't have a chance to increase his war over those games how does, does that just not get paid? paid yeah does he just not get paid like so i mean there's a variety of reasons why i don't think this could actually work but no. it's funny to think about
0: i mean but for the most part if we're talking about actual like things with arbitration five to six years is a very long time to be a guy on arbitration it is. i do say it that is. so cutting that in half like a two to three or a three to four, I think would be very, that's very That's probably good.
1: more of a happy medium. than Yeah,
0: and I, and I think that's something the CBA could actually look into as a happy middle, like three to four years of arbitration. So say like Wander Franco's, I keep using him as an example, but he's a good example, is what, 20, I think? So he would come out of arbitration as a 24-year-old superstar and would probably make a lot of freaking money as a 24-year-old going on to 25. I mean, that would make sense. Like, so for Brian Reynolds, for example, he's through 2025 right now. The new, like, if that was to come through, 2023 would be his new cutoff. And by then he would be 29, 30 years old. So basically, I think the whole arbitration thing is going to be one of the biggest things that's going to stop the CBA from actually coming together and everything. Um, Just because players want to get paid and owners are going to find ways to not pay them. It's just how it is. It's it's greasy owners that don't want to pay their players, but still want to put out good baseball teams uh, just to call it out like what it is. And it's something that obviously we're going to be looking forward to a lot. And ho- hopefully they don't do a war based arbitration because I will have absolutely no idea what to look for in September when O'Neill Cruz's war is a 1.89. If he increases it to a two, he gets a $5 million bonus and then the pirates are screwed because they can't give it to him. Um, but anyways, uh, Dan, this was fun. Uh, we talked about a lot of different stuff. Uh, so where can the people find all of your work? Where can they find your podcast? Where can they find your Twitter? Obviously it's on the screen here on YouTube, but you're going to be on YouTube soon. Uh, so tell the wonderful people where they can find you.
1: Yeah. Locked on Phillies at LO underscore Phillies on Twitter. My own personal Twitter account at Dan underscore Wilson four. Uh, and you can subscribe to locked on Phillies on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Oh yeah, of course. And part one of this podcast, of course, was up on Thursday, November 11th. I'm not giving you any timetable on the second one because I'm figuring it out right now uh, as we speak. But anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this wonderful talk between me and Dan. Pennsylvania strong over here, even though uh, he's an Eagles fan, and I'm a Steelers fan. We can find ways to get along. Um, because shockingly, the only teams uh, the only teams in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia that are in the same division are the Flyers and the Penguins. I will never understand that for the life of me. Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team. I wish they did. It would be called the Pittsburgh Phantoms after the Steel Phantom McKenny Kennywood. I will advocate that for the rest of my life. Um, and I feel like I'm talking very fast, but today's episode, of course, was brought to you by Locked on Bets. Make sure you go check out them over there. They're on kind of a hot streak right now. I believe they've won 12 out of their last 14 weeks. So uh, if you want them to go make some money and not listen to me, go listen to those guys over there. Um, but, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. It was a really fun time. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And, guys, with that said, I will see you on the flip side next week. Of course, we're going to have Gary, Adam, and everybody joining us next week. As whatever goes on here at Lockdown Pirates and in Pirates Nation and over at the Phillies with Dan Wilson, we're going to be on it this offseason. So thank you guys so much.
1: Always fun, Ethan. Oh, yeah, of course.